0: Verse 9, after he had said this, while they were watching, he was lifted up, and a cloud hid him from their sight. And as they were still staring into the sky, while he was going, suddenly two men with white clothing, angelic beings or sons of God, stood near them and said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand here looking up at the sky? The same Jesus who has been taken up from you into heaven will come back in the same way you saw him go into heaven there are christians who deny the second coming of jesus christ they believe that the church is the embodiment that the that the holy spirit coming is the second coming of jesus christ and that we will bring this and build this my answer to that first is if you've read the first testament and if you've ever watched the church for the last thousand years we're not capable of doing that even with the holy spirit because we're just not that the holy spirit can't do it we just don't really trust and depend on him enough but even let's say that doesn't matter Christ literally and physically ascended into heaven with the clouds. And the angels say he will come back in the same way. A physical descension in the clouds. There will be a second coming of Jesus Christ physically on this earth. Even if we had or did not have the book of Revelation. It is clearly here. So you can dispute and debate Revelation all you want. But this is indisputable. This is a physical action, and the same way means it's going to be a physical action. What does it mean that he went up in the clouds? This comes from Daniel chapter 7, 13 through 14, what I believe is one of the most important passages in the entire Bible. In Daniel chapter 7, verses 13 through 14, Daniel is seeing a vision of all these strange beasts coming up out of the sea. First Testament language, the sea is chaotic and raging. And whenever you see the sea in the Bible, it always represents chaos. It can either represent the literal chaos of the world that we experience. It can represent the chaos that governments bring or the chaos that boils up out of our hearts. Okay, but it produces chaos. It can be dark and sinister like evil and sin and corruption, or it can be benign like a dog running through a living room or kitchen and destroying everything and creating chaos. Your kids having a chaotic bedroom. It's not evil that it's messy, but it doesn't allow life to thrive. Chaos is the absence of thriving life. And out of this comes the nations. The lion, the leopard, okay, the bear, all these things. They represent nations. The Greeks, the Persians, all that kind of stuff. That's indisputable. Like That's clear because um, Daniel, the angel literally says, Daniel, the first one is Babylon these nations. Basically, this idea is that the origin of governments is chaos. And what governments bring are chaos. And they're no longer images of God. They're no longer human. They're beasts. And when humans cease to be in alignment with God, when humans cease to be led by the Holy Spirit, we will then go astray on our own. And then we will become beasts. And we will devour and oppress and destroy and bring chaos just like beasts do. And all of us are a different spectrum of beasthood. Hopefully all of us are moving away from beasthood and into sanctification. But there are some people becoming more and more beastly and more governments becoming more beastly throughout time. But our natural disposition is to become more and more of a beast, whether human, community, institution, or government. Okay? And so all you see is terror and turmoil and chaos. And all, nobody has ever seen a human in heaven ever because humans don't go to heaven until Christ comes. And when Christ comes to die on the cross, then the people of the First Testament can go to heaven, and then we can go, because sin cannot dwell in the presence of God. If we could go to heaven without Christ, well, then you wouldn't need Christ, and then why did God kick us out of the garden? And so he sees all these weird things, and then he says, Behold, I saw one like the Son of Man. Now, the phrase Son of Man means I'm only human. I'm human. I'm not an animal. I'm not an angel. I'm not God. I'm not an insect. I'm human. And that's what it always meant. So he sees this human in heaven, and Daniel's blown away by that. Never has any Jew recorded a vision, any prophet recorded a vision of a human in heaven. But this human, it says, was approaching the throne, the Ancient of Days, Yahweh, with the clouds. Now in the ancient way of thinking, the only thing that's above the clouds are gods. Either the gods, because you're a pagan, or Yahweh, because you're a Jew. That's the only thing that's above the clouds. They were often called cloud writers. Even God portrays himself as writing the cloud and coming to bring judgment on Syria or Israel. You see this in the prophets and the Psalms. I wrap my cloud around me. He comes in a cloud against Job to rebuke him. Okay, he's a cloud writer. Okay, so it's the only thing that's above the clouds is gods. And for the Jew, the gods are illegitimate. So this would be Yahweh, especially when he's called the Ancient of Days, and we already know these Yahweh. And so he sees him approaching, he's coming with the clouds. So this says that he's human. Well, there's never been a human in heaven. But he's coming with the clouds, and only Yahweh rides the clouds. He's divine. But he's approaching the throne with no one. The only way you can get into the presence of God is if you're sinless, and nobody is, until Christ comes along and he hasn't come. Or that you're perfect, and nobody is, except for Adam and Eve for a brief moment. Or you're surrounded by angels. And then I mean thousands of angels. The Bible makes it very clear that Moses had thousands of angels between him and God when he was receiving the law because they protected Moses from dying in the glory of God as he was in his presence. And as cool as that would be, nobody wants to have a relationship with God for, a thousand, for eternity between a thousand angels. Like, hey, nobody wants to do that. So that's the only way. So this figure, there's no Christ yet. And he's not sinless, you think, because he's human, but there's no angels surrounding him, which means he's (coughs) got to be sinless. And then he goes up to God, and God hands him all power, all authority, all sovereignty, and gives him every single kingdom to rule over, and everyone is to bow down and worship him, and his dominion and power is everlasting and never-ending. And that only applies to Yahweh and Yahweh alone. And so this is one of the clearest prophecies that Jesus would be the God-man who is human and God. But the Jews didn't know what to do with that. They didn't like that. The Bible <coughs> made it very clear. I am not a human who changes my mind or makes decisions like you do. I am not living like humans. God says this over and over again. They went into exile for worshiping idols. And now Daniel's revealing a vision of another God who is Yahweh who's also human. And they just went into exile. They're in exile right now because of worshiping other gods. And so what do you do with things that you know you can't explain away because it came from God and to say that's not true is blasphemy and to lose maybe your relationship with God and never come back out of exile? (coughs) But at the same time, you don't know how to explain it because it sounds like blasphemy and idolatry and all that kind of stuff? You do whatever good human does. You don't talk about it. So they never talked about it. And they never called each other son of man ever again. They would never say, well, I'm just son of man. They never said that. Because you might get dangerously close to claiming to be that. And that's blasphemy. But you can't say it's blasphemy out loud because it came from God in a vision. And then Jesus comes along and what does he call himself more than anything else? The son of man. He doesn't call himself Messiah. He doesn't call himself king, really. He goes, so you may know the son of man has the authority to forgive sins. I say, get up and walk. So you may know that the Son of Man cares about you. I say, Son of Man, Son of Man, Son of Man, Son of Man. He uses it over 50 different times in one of the Gospels. It's his favorite term for himself. And he even uses it in the context of, I'm talking about that Son of Man. So what he's clearly saying is, I am the God-man who is sinless, and is Yahweh, and I have eternal throne. Caiaphas, when he puts him on trial, says to Jesus, do you say that you're the king of the Jews? And Jesus says, Behold, in Matthew chapter 16, you will see this Son of Man coming on the clouds to judge you. And at that point, Caiaphas just rips his clothes and says, You heard it from his own mouth. Blasphemy. Blasphemy is claiming to be God. So if you didn't realize what Jesus was really saying, well, why, why that's a big deal? He's a son of a human who likes clouds. <laughs> well, Caiaphas lets you know This is blasphemy. He's claiming to be Daniel. Now, there's many other places where Jesus makes it very clear. I'm talking about that, but that's the Gospel of Luke, so go there. So Jesus himself promised that I'm going to come back one day, and I'm coming back on the clouds. And now he's ascending into heaven on the clouds. And the angels now come and say, he's coming back one day on the clouds. Now, to put it together a little bit more, here's the big question. Now, if you're here for Luke... You heard this, but you also might be like, review is good. You might ask yourself, wait a minute. Hasn't the second member of the Trinity, okay? He wasn't Jesus in the first testament because Jesus is the incarnation, God and man. And he wasn't God and man in heaven yet, okay? He was God, so the second member of the Trinity. Didn't he already have all power and all sovereignty and all glory and all authority and dominion over all the nations? So if he already had that being the second member of the Trinity, When did he not have it anymore in order to get it back again in Daniel 7, right? Well, Philippians answers that. So Philippians chapter 7, um, sorry, not 7. Philippians chapter 2 answers this in verses 5 through 11. This is the very famous passage that we've heard, right? That though being God did not see equality with God, something to be exploited, but rather became a human, even suffering to the point of, right? What's he saying here? He's saying that Jesus was God and is God. He is God, period. Okay, and God has always been God and always will be God, so Jesus has always been God and always will be God. And this is where we get a little confused in the translation. A lot of your Bibles say, though being God, he did not see Godhood or his equality with God as something to be grasped. And that's kind of confusing. Wait a minute. How can he be God, yet he can't grasp it? And that, that's really confusing. Well, like, well, maybe he gave up his godhood, right? And maybe he got it back somehow. No, 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 no. And the Hebrew or the Greek, it says he did not see his godhood as something to be exploited. Meaning that when all of you and I and other gods get power, we take our power and we exploit it over people to oppress them and dominate them. No. This one is god the most sovereign most powerful being in the entire universe but he did not see his godhood as something to exploit to dominate you with to rule over you with instead he became a human and even suffered and i've used this analogy before when um we were going through this in a previous study but it's kind of like me not the godhood part But it's like a father or a mother or whatever, right? And I'm wrestling with my little girls. I could crush them, right? I have the physical strength as a grown man or my wife as a grown woman to just hurt them badly with very little, like I'll squeeze them. They're like, Daddy, you're squeezing me so hard. It's like, well, not really. I have that ability. And if you saw me wrestling with my girls and they're beating the crap out of me, because you've seen this a lot with fathers and mothers too right nobody would be like that is pathetic that grown man is being dominated by little children how pathetic is nobody says that because yeah it's cute or adorable or whatever it's like i always like to say grown man playing in the balls at chicken cheese creepy grown man playing the balls with his children world's greatest dad his context is everything (laughs) what have I done? I have the power to crush them but because of my love for them I have chosen not to exploit my power but to restrain myself and to make myself like an infant or a small child and wrestle them. I didn't give up my power. I chose not to exercise it. And that's what Philippians (coughs) is saying. So Christ chose not to implement his power, not to implement his dominion, not to demand that everyone worship and follow him at this moment, because he chose to become a servant, a human, and even die. He chose to do this because he wanted to know what it was like to be a human. He's never been a human. He's never known weakness. He's never known pain. And how can you be empathetic towards people if you've never experienced that? He did this because that's the only way you can die. And it requires his death to atone for your sins. So for his love for you restrains himself. And as he restrains himself, he allows himself to suffer and to be persecuted and rejected and mocked so that he knows what it's like for you to experience that. So Hebrews 4 tells us that we can now go to him knowing that we'll receive compassion because he has been tested and tempted along all points of the scale. Not in every single way. He's not a woman who's struggling with whether to have an abortion or not. But tempted along all points of scale, meaning he's endured all of the weight that any temptation can put on you to I want to do it, and he didn't. He did not exploit it. That's when he gave it up, for lack of a better word. That's when he chose not to have all that or not to use all that. He didn't cease to be God. He didn't cease to have the power. He chose not to use it. He chose not to implement it. And that's what Philippians is talking about. So his incarnation is when he is now this son of man who is still God but doesn't have all dominion and power and authority in his hand. And then he comes down to the earth and he grows up a little boy and Philippians goes on and says, and because he was obedient even to the point of death, then God gave him the right to sit at the right hand of God. And when we get to Hebrews chapter 1, we're told that in the beginning Jesus was the Word. And so he was the image of God, the exact image of God. He's the glory of God. All things came through him. But then he became a human, and he suffered for the atonement of sins. And now he sits on the right hand of God. Then Hebrews 2 goes on and says that he was made a little lower than the angels for a little while. Not lesser than the angels, just hierarchy a little bit lower. The prince and the pauper kind of an idea. When did Daniel 7 get fulfilled? At Jesus' ascension. So chronology speaking, Jesus has always been the second member of the Trinity, having everything. But then he said, I'm going to be obedient to the point of death, and I'm going to not exploit this, and I'm going to lower my hierarchy, and lower my position, and choose not to use my power and authority, and I'm going to submit myself to the Holy Spirit as my guiding, and do the will of the Father, and I'm going to become a child. And so he lives on earth, for 33 something years. And then he dies on the cross and he conquers the grave because he is God. He never ceased to be God. And that moment he says, I'm going to implement my power and I will use it and I will conquer the grave and I will overcome death. And then he goes to the disciples in Matthew 28 and Acts chapter 1 and says, wait here and I will give you the spirit. And then he ascends up into heaven and the many ascends up in heaven and disappears in the clouds We go back to Daniel 7, and Daniel 7 sees him popping up out of the clouds and going up to the throne of God, fulfilling the second half of Philippians chapter 2, the second half of Hebrews chapter 1. And he walks up to the throne, and God says, Well done, good and faithful servant. You are my son, whom I well pleased. You are obedient even to the point of death. And I'm going to give you the right. I'm going to vindicate you and give you the right to sit at my right hand like you once were. And you have every right to now fully embrace and fully exercise all your power, all dominion. Here it is. And Daniel 7 is the, the ascension of Christ, where the disciples see him disappear, and then the story turns to the acts of the Holy Spirit on earth. Daniel 7 keeps following Jesus up into heaven and sees the completion of Jesus being re-enthroned, vindicated, and re-established as a second member of the Trinity. And then when Jesus says in Matthew, I will come back on the clouds. What he says here, the angels, he'll come back in the same way. What they're saying is the next time he comes back is not a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes. He's coming back as the divine God of the universe wrapped in the clouds. And he's going to come. And in the Numbers twenty-four, he's going to crush the heads of his enemies. And he's going to establish dominion on earth. And Revelation, he's going to come with a sword in his mouth and fire in his eyes and it's going to be his blood his cape dipped in his own blood that will bring conquest and he's going to establish the kingdom of God on earth and establish absolute peace and love and unity for all eternity and that's what they're pointing here and so this is what we're looking forward to Acts is going to tell you how we get there and so where we now know Christ is on the throne and Christ is coming back with the clouds. Acts is going to tell us, yes, but until then, you have a job. And Christ is giving you the Holy Spirit. And He's going to give you the job of starting the expansion of the garden on earth so that when He comes back, we will join Him and finish it. Does that make sense? Any questions?